Welcome back to our Busting Addiction and Its Myths podcast. I'm Bruno J, and I have updated the introduction to our episodes in order to address an issue that we cannot ignore, nor do we want to. It looks like COVID-19, the coronavirus, will be with us for some time. Some say for another year or two. People are as frightened as they ever have been. They seek safety for their families above all, protection from the virus and from economic insecurity. But many families also face an added burden, drug addiction and alcoholism in their own homes, and what to do about it. There's something you should know. We, Safe House Rehab Thailand, were founded on the idea of safety. We hold on to the truth that clients deserve to come to a treatment clinic where they can at least feel safe and sound. Devoting ourselves to safety first gives us the firm foundation upon which everything else is constructed. Hence our name, Safe House Rehab Thailand. Thailand has been recognized as one of the world's safest places to be during the pandemic. Further, we at Safe House have made the right adjustments so that clients and staff remain and feel safe and sound. Masks are mandatory as is social distancing, mandatory hand cleaning, daily blood oximeter readings, which is an early warning measure, and if by chance someone, anyone doesn't feel well, the local hospital in Bangbong is only minutes away. My podcast, Busting Addiction and Its Myths, is dedicated to serving families of still suffering addicts and alcoholics by providing evidence-based advice and insight so that you can make a better informed decision on what to do and what not to do. We are sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, dedicated to a modern approach to recovery, which means that we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to diagnostics, technology, and aftercare. To learn how we can help, just visit safehouserehab.com where we post the latest news or send us an email at contact at safehouserehab.com. Hi, I'm Bruno J. And welcome to Season 4, Episode 11 of my podcast, Busting Addiction and Its Myths, dedicated to helping families of addicts and alcoholics see the truth about addictive disease and what can and cannot be done about it. I'm calling this episode, You Deserve a Better You. I seem to have irritated a number of well-meaning family members of alcoholics and addicts by suggesting that they need to shift the focus from their loved one to themselves if they are to hold out any hope of having a peaceful and productive life. The reality is that there isn't much, if anything, you can do to change the trajectory of your loved one's disease short of an intervention, and even then, there's no guarantee that it will stick. But at least you might have the satisfaction of knowing that you tried your best. There really is no such thing as failure so long as you chalk it up as a learning experience. Let me say this about interventions, and I am a believer in anything that could bring a suffering addict out of the cold and into the light. Interventions are complicated, and they're often very costly. They take preparation, education, and commitment from family and others who care about an addict and want their loved one to make the U-turn toward a drug-free life. There are essentially two types of interventions, professional and family-directed. In a professional intervention, the kind you might have seen on the show of the same name, The professional basically coaches the family on everything they need to say and do, and the professional leads the live intervention itself. A family intervention is much more challenging because it is managed by people who have no management experience in this type of unwieldy process. Here are the key issues the family needs to address. The family has to agree on the need to intervene in the first place. The when and where needs to be established. 
participants need to be 100% on the same page as to the message. The treatment facility needs to be set up to take a new client into treatment right away. The consequences of a refusal to accept help needs to be agreed to and firmly held to. I strongly advise that if you are considering the possibility of a family-led intervention, you consult with a professional anyway, and he or she will likely be happy to advise you on a do-it-yourself intervention. The second thing I would ask of you is to at least read up on what it would take to plan and execute a successful intervention. One of the very best sources are two professionals, Jeff and Deborah Jay, who have written and updated the book Love First, A Family's Guide to Intervention. I highly recommend that everyone on your intervention team read and discuss the main points the authors make in helping you understand how to go about planning the intervention and successfully implementing it. Not only do they cover the process of an intervention, they also provide those who are unfamiliar with the disease, which is almost everyone, some needed insights on how active addicts think and why they behave as they do. Please remember that active addicts and alcoholics are sick and twisted people who will do almost anything to evade the truth, and that their underlying driving motive is to get and stay drunk and high. So if you're able to maneuver your addict into sitting still for just long enough to have a healthy confrontation with those who love him, while he is somewhat straight, that in and of itself is a victory worth writing home about. And even with that, while about half of interventions result in the addict agreeing to surrender and accept help, there's no guarantee of long-term success. I myself have been involved in four interventions in the last 25 years, and every one of them was high drama, intensely emotional, painful, and inspiring all in the same moment. Two of them went off the rails when unthinking family members used the intervention as a means of venting their own resentments toward the addict or alcoholic. So there is indeed one major option, the intervention, that you can try in order to change the trajectory of the disease. And there's a chance, but no guarantee of success. Even if the intervention were to be successful, however that is to be defined, the critical necessary change for your life to, to become better, to transform to something approaching normalcy, happens on the inside and not on the outside, and has less to do with what the addict or alcoholic is, is doing and more to do with what you are attempting to do for yourself. Let me put it this way. If you don't address what the disease has done to your psyche, it won't matter whether your loved one cleans up or not. You will still be fearful, controlling, and resentful unless you embark on the path of healing for yourself and only for yourself. So let's talk about what that might mean. Chances are that your self-esteem has taken a hit because you somehow thought that his or her addiction was at least partly your fault. You stared at the videotape of times past and had those if-only thoughts. If only I had done this or if only I had done that, maybe you wouldn't have turned into an addict. You didn't know then, that there was little you could have done to say very early before you even knew to look for signs. You can accept this rationally, but you still cling to the idea emotionally. Chances are that in your overwhelming focus on your loved one's well-being, you neglected your physical health, putting yourself always in second place, in the mistaken belief that your sacrifices and your worries could create a miracle. Chances also are that you may be riding an emotional roller coaster where you are okay only if he is okay with you, and you are miserable if he's unhappy with you. You confuse interference with love, and you can't understand why your loved one tells you to back off, whether it's called for or not. Your resentment of the addict causes you to become unreasonable with everyone in your home. You live in the future, fearful of what it might bring, of what the alcoholic might do. These things didn't materialize overnight. 
It took a long time for these symptoms of unhealthy living to develop into a serious state of codependency. The main illusion that drives all this behavior and all these beliefs is the notion that we have any power over the disease. We end up doing those same misguided things, and we believe these myths because we're so desperate to have this nightmare over with, please. So the very first thing is to let go of old ineffective ideas to adopt a new and healthy way of thinking. The essence of the new idea is based on the principles practiced by the members of the Al-Anon program. Before you bail out on me, allow me to remind you that many, if not most professionals in the field of addiction, recommend some sort of support group to help you through this phase of your life. As it turns out, Al-Anon happens to be a well-respected and structured program of support for anyone who's been affected by alcoholism and drug addiction. I also hasten to add that no one program has a monopoly on the truth when it comes to recovery. The many people whom I've come to know over the last 25 years will tell you that being able to share your worries and joys with others in the essentially the same situation has made the difference between darkness and light for many people. Closed meetings of Al-Anon are actually open to anyone who needs them, and your privacy is always respected and assured as a matter of long-standing principle. The open meetings are those where the public is invited to attend and hear speakers share their stories of recovery. Sometimes one speaker at the open meeting is the Al-Anon member, and the other is the alcoholic, now sober, spouse of the, of the Al-Anon member. These types of meetings can truly be instructive and are always great fun. Here's what it says in the Al-Anon preamble, which is read before every meeting. The Al-Anon family groups are a fellowship of relatives and friends who share their experience, strength, and hope in order to solve their common problems. We believe that alcoholism is a family illness and that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Al-Anon has but one purpose, is to help families of alcoholics. So it all starts with an essential truth, and unless fully embraced, any progress toward personal recovery is but a fleeting illusion. The first step is we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. I've spoken of the futility of fighting something over which we have no control. Unless we believe in that truth at the start, the disease will always have the upper hand. We will find in time that there is victory and surrender, and that, and that is a hard one to grasp so early in the process. We must surrender to the idea that we are powerless over someone else's addiction, which has now become the family's disease. It has the family itself in the grip of an obsession to try to control it somehow. The next step is to ask ourselves, where can I acquire the power to overcome this deadly obsession? Before you bolt out of here and start thinking, now he's going to bring up the God thing. Well, no, I will bring up the idea that you probably need any power greater than yourself because this is some heavy lifting that you don't want to do on your own. Here's how it might work. This is quoting from a book called How Al-Anon Works. Even if we were furious, shame-filled, or guilt-ridden, there is something amazing, something transforming that happens at an Al-Anon meeting. We can't quite put our finger on what that something is or why we came away with a greater sense of peace than we walked in with. But it feels too good to ignore. So we go to another meeting and discover that that something is still there. Maybe, just maybe, we have found some sort of power that could do for us what we haven't been able to do for ourselves. Perhaps this is a point at which we came to believe there could be, just could be, a power greater than the disease we've been trying to vanquish by our own power alone, all by ourselves. So that becomes the beginning of the journey where you make the critical turn from the futile task of saving your loved one from the disease to becoming the person you were meant to be. 
unencumbered by the impossible, freed from needlessly carrying a boulder on your shoulder, liberated from a dangerous life-sucking myth. You will reacquire the joy of living in today, fearing not tomorrow, free to pursue your dreams again. You will finally be able to live the sane and serene life you have deserved all this time. The ultimate irony is that you were not able to see that possibility were it not for the desperation that brought you into the light. We're so glad you could make it. So what did we learn today? One, the reality is that there's not much of anything you can do to change the trajectory of your loved one's disease short of an intervention, and even then, there's no guarantee that it will stick. Two, if you don't address what the disease has done to your psyche, it won't matter whether your loved one cleans up or not. You will still be fearful, controlling, and resentful unless you embark on the path of healing for yourself and only for yourself. Three, the main illusion that drives this state of mind is the notion that we have any power over the disease, and we end up doing misguided things, and we believe these myths because we're so desperate to have this nightmare over with. Four, so the very first thing to get past the point of being stuck is to let go of old and effective ideas and to adopt a new and healthy way of thinking. We conclude at five, we conclude in our desperation that we need to acquire some sort of power that could do for us what we haven't been able to do for ourselves. And six, some of us find that power in our Al-Anon meetings where the collective wisdom of its members guides us to a new and liberated way of life which we have deserved all along. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air, if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, where we take a modern approach to recovery, something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more.